No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rocking. All right. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God at my side because he is in the captain's chair. He is the host. He is the one behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here at His Hard Line. It is Thursday, January 19th, 2023. And today's episode 417, we will be reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. And then we will have just a short, brief discussion on evicting the devil and inviting in God. Very, very important, uh, considering the spiritual war that um, I see a lot of people having within their marriage and just within their life as a whole. Um, So let's just dive right into the reading, and then we'll get into that discussion. So... I'm going to skip kind of going over headlines and things like that. Kind of got a bit of a packed evening, so forgive me um, if this is a little bit kind of a little shorter than a normal show. I'm still having issues with Podbean, so we're just doing this right now as a recording, and I'll upload it. And then, um, like I said, I'm just trying to figure out how I can resolve this issue. But this has been a very, very, um, it's just been a very just interesting, interesting four days, to say the least. So. All right, we're going to get right into the reading. So again, Isaiah chapter 52, it's actually a very short chapter. There's only mm, 15 verses, and it reads, Awake, oh, and first off, before I continue, it is, I am doing the reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. So lately, that's kind of been my preference. So again, the New American Bible Revised Edition, N-A-B-R-E. Okay. 
And it's titled, Let Zion Rejoice. And it reads, Awake, awake, put on your strength, Zion, put on your glorious garments, Jerusalem, holy city. Never again shall the uncircumcised or the unclean enter you. Arise, shake off the dust, sit enthroned, Jerusalem, loose the bonds from your neck, captive daughter Zion. For thus says the Lord, for nothing you were sold, without money you shall be redeemed. For thus says the Lord God, to Egypt long ago my people went down to sojourn there, and Assyria too oppressed them for naught. But now what am I to do here, oracle of the Lord? My people have been taken away for nothing. Their rulers mock, oracle of the Lord, constantly, every day, my name is reviled. Therefore my people shall know my name on that day, that is I who speaks, here I am. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the one bringing good news, announcing peace, bearing good news, announcing salvation, saying to Zion, your God is king. Listen, your sentinels raise a cry. Together they shout for joy, for they see directly before their eyes the Lord's return to Zion. Break out together in song, O ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. All the ends of the earth can see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there, touch nothing unclean. Out from there, purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. But do, but not in hurried flight will you go out, nor leave in headlong haste. For the Lord goes before you, and your rear guard is the God of Israel. The last three verses, this little section is titled, Suffering and Triumph of the Servant of the Lord. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. He shall be raised high and greatly, excuse me, I already read that. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred were his features and beyond that of mortals, his appearance beyond that of human beings. So shall he startle many nations. Kings shall stand speechless for those who have not been told shall see. For those who have not heard shall ponder it. Wow, that's very interesting, that last verse. So shall he startled many nations. Kings shall stand speechless, for those who have not been told shall see, and those who have not heard shall ponder it. Wow, that's very interesting. So let's, uh, let's get into what this actually says here. Let me just, oh, I thought I had the window that I needed up. Give me a moment here. Here we go. Okay. So... What exactly are we talking about here? So, we're talking about vessels of the Lord. Now, when the Holy Temple was on earth, the vessels of the Lord were the spoons and the cups and other objects that were used to offer as sacrifices and burn incense to God. And they were the tools used to carry out the worship and laws of God. Now, today we have a different temple. And so, Paul writes that we, the believers, are the new temple of God. And yeah, you can see that referenced in 1 Corinthians 3.16. So if then we are the holy temple, then what are the vessels? Is it not also us? 
So it's the born-again believers are to make their own bodies a living sacrifice, an object of worship to God in recognition of and praise for his salvation. Again, you can reference that in Romans 12.1. And we, are, we, get, we need to remember that we are not to touch anything unclean, but remain undefiled before him. And that is, we are not to go back to sin or partake in ungodly activities or lifestyles. And when we remain undefiled, then, can, then we can be used in the service of the Lord, just as the vessels of the temple could be used in service. And just like the vessels of the temple, if we become unclean, then we are unfit for service and are cast out. So nonetheless, is it not a blessing to think of yourself as a living vessel meant for God to ser- you know, meant for service to God? To me, it's a great honor to be a tool for God that he can use. I just hope that I am answering properly when it comes to, you know, answering this call of of doing this um of doing this podcast. So So let's look at this verse by verse. So <clears throat> when God fully redeems Israel, there will be no wicked people found therein. And 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 through 10 makes it very clear that the only people who will dwell in God's holy city will be the righteous. And the holy city, or as some would know it as the kingdom of God, is the new Jerusalem which God will create after the destruction of the old heaven and earth. And again, a reference out of Revelations 21, verses 1-3. through 3. Now, this is the redemption of Israel and the eternal home of the saints. Now, as we look at verse 2, the Jews are in captivity in Babylon for their own choices. They put themselves there, basically. They sold themselves when they turned away from God, and they, you know, and they chased after idolatry and worldly goods. And so, reduced to lying in the dirt, they are far from you know, the elevated virgin bride gone desires them to be, and such is why God must redeem them, and he promises to do so without money. So after Jesus came to earth, this verse is understood to refer to the fact that people are redeemed not by physical goods, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we look at verses 4 through 6, now while the Jews are to go into captivity for their own sins, they will be unfairly treated. And, and, And so in Egypt, they were invited as friends, but in time... They became feared and oppressed into slavery by the Egyptians. Now in Babylon, instead of being treated as citizens, they were to be persecuted to the point that they cry out in pain. And so the Babylonians will unfairly treat the Jews without a cause. Now worse, they will mock the God of the Jews, perhaps with such words as, if your God is real, then why does he allow you to suffer at our hand, right? So in response to this mistreatment, God will make his presence known, and he will not stand for his name to be blasphemed. And so in a world filled with sin, darkness, and oppression, the news of salvation and God's reign brings great relief and joy. It is far better to be proclaiming what is right than to be a persecutor or slanderer. Now as we look at verses 8, 9, and 10, to see eye to eye is to be close at hand and also to perceive clearly. Now, this understanding causing rejoicing and singing among God's servants, which are the watchmen, this clear sight will be granted when God 
brings again or redeems Jerusalem. And this refers to the full redemption of Israel when God creates the new earth. So when God redeems his people, all the nations will be forced to acknowledge the hand of God. Now that is, they will have proof of the sovereign power and authority of God to protect and deliver. And those that bear the vessels of the Lord are the Levites and priests. Now, under the new covenant of Christ, every believer is a priest. Now, those who have experienced salvation are to go forward into the world, keeping from all things unclean, basically staying, trying to, you know, remain, you know, not be sinful, right? Bearing the objects used for service to the Lord. And God promises to go before such a one to set a place of life that is neither rushed nor fearful. And so as we look at the last three verses, 13, 14, and 15, instead of having to be worried about one's life, the servant of God looks carefully at circumstances and responds with wisdom. Now, Merriam-Webster defines prudent is as marked by wisdom or judiciousness, shrewd in the management of practical affairs, marked by circumspection, and provident, meaning also frugal. Now, if one is careful with one's choices and mannerisms in this life, one will be exalted in the life to come and sometimes in this life on earth. Now, it's noteworthy to point out that this verse, while still applicable to believers in general, is switching to one individual in particular. So the servant of God meaning Jesus, will live prudently and be exalted very high, meaning that he'll be sitting at the right hand of the Father. So now now clearly referring to a specific individual, these verses give a direct prophecy of the deforming and affliction of the Savior. Now Jesus was beaten by the temple guards, right? And then he was flogged and then beaten by the Roman soldiers. Now, by that point, his body was so damaged that people were astonished at his physical condition. Now, after this cruel deformation, many nations will be sprinkled by this servant of God in action reminiscent of the priest's ceremony and sanctification. Now, the blood is required for the forgiveness of sin. Again, referenced from Hebrew 9.22. And then Jesus sprinkles the nations with his blood to forgive them of their sins. That's why he came here for us. And so the last thought of the verse takes away any accusation that the Christian faith is unfair to those who have not heard the gospel. And God makes everyone consider and see salvation. It does not take a preacher or a missionary for God to convict a sinner and reveal how one can be saved. However, however, whether or not one chooses to accept his salvation is dependent on one's own free will. So important. So important. So, that is the reading and commentary of Isaiah chapter 52. Now, the next part I kind of want to get into is the part of the discussion of how when we have issues in our life and we're dealing with like marital issues, because we got, I, I, there's a guy that I work with. And like I said, I've mentioned him already partially. He's also a friend. I consider him a friend and he's been having marital issues. Um, people and, you know, 
I won't, I, I'm going to keep it very vague, 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 vague. Um, because even if I say specific things that are vague, consider vague would be very easy to, you know, point out. But there's a lot of people we know, both near and far from us, that are having some challenging circumstances arise within their marriages. And a lot of them are very different circumstances, but there's one key commonality among all of them. And that commonality is that Satan is trying to embed himself in every one of these marriages by sparking up different interest or bringing forward a distraction that ends up taking attention away from the marriage. That's basically what it boils down to. Attention from one spouse to something else outside of the marriage. And, and in some cases, yeah, it could be an affair. In some cases, it could be social media. In some cases, it could be, you know, uh, whatever, right? Insert blank here. And so when you start taking away from your marriage, then your spouse, your significant other, which should be your other half, right, starts feeling neglected, starts feeling lonely, starts feeling like they're not enough. And maybe possibly might start thinking, are they going to leave me because they're really engulfed in X, Y, Z, right? Sometimes it's work. Now, I think I shared this story, and if I haven't, I'll briefly get into it. Now, and I'm, again, I'm going to keep names out because of privacy. But when my wife and I were not at our greatest, there was something that my wife, I, that I always knew, she, and she's had this for years. I, I don't know why, like while we were, were married. She's had this demon that she would just call him. Didn't really put a formal name on it. She just called him him. It was a shadowy figure that would always make itself visible in her, in her dreams or nightmares, whatever you want to call it. And even when she wakes up, she can see this thing manifest in front of her and just scares the living crap out of her. Pretty certain our daughter has seen it because, you know, we, we still have like a baby monitor just to make sure everything's good with her. And there's a lot of times where she would watch this thing fly around her room. Not even kidding. I was taking a shower one day and my wife came upstairs in a rush, opened up the door and was like, what? And I was like confused. I'm like, what, what? She goes, didn't you just yell? Babe, across, you know, really loud. I said, no. She goes, you didn't hear that. I said, no. She goes, that wasn't you. I said, no. She goes, that, I, I, she goes, I heard your voice. Same tone, same everything. I said, no, I promise you that was not me. So we're pretty convinced that whatever this was, was trying to make its way actually already made its way into our house. Now, keep in mind, at one point, for quite some time, I was also, you know, one that engaged in pornography. Now, from my understanding, and for the record, I'm not anymore, but from my understanding, when somebody engages and consumes pornography, and I've played clips on this before about, you know, how you create a spirit spouse, right? If it's a guy, it's a spirit wife, a demon spirit wife. 
and it just starts attacking the wife in the physical form that you have, you know, your earthly wife, because you're engaging in this, in this sinful act. Well, when you engage and, and consume that filth they call pornography, not only are you allowing and inviting in demons and Satan into your household, but it, it continues to grow strength every single time you engage in it. Now, let me tell you this. When God finally put his touch on me and I asked for complete help and said, please, just I, I can't do this on my own. I need your help, God. I, otherwise, I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose it all. He basically was like, are you ready? You sure? You really want me to answer this prayer? And I was like, yeah. I can't fix me. It's beyond my understanding. And it's beyond my comprehension and power. Only you can do it, God. So I lay it all to you. And he, like I said, I will always make a reference to this. He took his divine mallet and smashed me in over a billion plus pieces that only he can pick up and reassemble the proper way. So a new me was reformed. A new me was rebirthed, right? I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying that there's still reconstruction going on, but by and large, the groundwork is done and, you know, he, he, he has the foundation and the framework and now he's just working on the details now, right? The interior designing. And ever since that happened, let me tell you what, not only did our marriage go significantly trend uphill for the better, but we, become, we became more in love with each other than ever before. My wife became happier. I was a better father, a better husband all around. I mean, we, things just got better, and they, they still are, and continuing to get better. And when we feel a crack in that armor, we know it's Satan trying to get his, you know, weasel his stupid little sneaky filthy, you know, fingers in our marriage or in our home. And like, no, no. And so what we did was we evicted Satan and his little minions out of our house. My wife and I both, each individually by ourselves when we were by ourselves in the house and together, walked around the entire house like that woman did in that movie War Room, literally saying, you are not allowed in this house, devil. We are kicking you out. You are evicted. This is God's home. This is God's kingdom. And God has centered our marriage. He is king. He is Lord and Savior of our home, our family, our marriage, our lives. You are not. And we are throat stomping you back to hell where you belong. And we rebuke you to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Let me play that clip real quick for you. Very, very powerful scene. It's about like Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Submit to God. Resist the devil.
know where you are, devil. But I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. And another thing, I am so sick of you stealing my joy. But that's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus. And just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. Yeah, so like I said, you got to evict the devil out. Satan is no longer allowed in your home. And if you're having issues with your wife or your husband, right? I'm telling you right now, it, again, it's like the Bible says, the, the, your war is not against flesh, but against the, the, the spirits and the principalities of this world, the unseen enemy. That is what you're warring against. And yes, while sometimes a lot of what's affecting our, our relationships and our marriage and everything in between happens to be physical you know, sins of the flesh, make no mistake what the underlying cause of all of that is. And those are Satan, that's Satan and his little demon worker minions. I'm telling you. And so back to my buddy at work, I told him, I said, look, you have to evict Satan out of your house. And he looked at me kind of like I was a nut job. And I explained my story to him and I explained how it worked. And I explained how Katie would see this dark figure that she would call him. And ever since we evicted Satan out of our home and invited God to be the king and Lord of our home and of our marriage, all that went away. Our daughter is able to sleep through the night. My wife's able to sleep through the night. We're not hearing random voices, her thinking it's me. Like, he's gone. Because we told him he was not allowed here. This is God's home, and God wins, ultimately. And so he, he, he took what I said for, believe it or not, for face value, and he was even asking me, he goes, so I have to kick out Satan out of my home. I said, yeah. He goes, I'll be honest with you. He goes, I, 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 I'm not sure how, what that looks like. I said, just watch that clip, the clip that I just played for you. I said, you really need to get that movie. And so my wife and I were going to try to find that DVD because we can't find it anywhere online. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to try to find it um, 
you know, when we go to like to the store, see if we can find it somewhere. Cause I've seen it at a few stores, but we're going to buy that for them. And, and I'm not going to get into their, their, their personal business. But what I will say is when I explained that my wife and daughter were seeing shadowy figure that they knew was not good. He was telling me, he goes, my son keeps saying he sees somebody in our house. Somebody that is definitely not there for their good. Somebody not nice. A shadow figure. And I told him, I said, I'm telling you, man, you are dealing with a demon in your home right now. I'm telling you, you're dealing with a demon. He's like, are you sure? I said, yes, I am positive. That's exactly what you're dealing with. I said, but you know what? Luciferians and Satanists, they laugh at, Christ- they laugh at Christians because we don't realize just how powerful we are. I said, go look up Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Read it. Talking about how we have the power, per Jesus, Jesus said this, this is red letter language, how we have the power to step on snakes and scorpions. I said, we don't realize as Christians how powerful we are against these evil principalities. I said, so you have to evict Satan, but at the same time, you have to invite God in your home and in your marriage. But you have to take it seriously. You have to speak with authority. You have to speak with a conviction, and you have to, you have to exert your true authority that Jesus and God gave you. I said, I know this might be a weird thing to hear. And it might be a weird thing for you to carry out. I said, believe me, it was for us. But make no mistake, it's necessary. And every so often, you got to keep doing that because it's not just a one-off thing. you got to keep doing that. Make sure your home is cleansed. Declare your home to be God's. Declare your marriage to be centered with God, around God. Declare it. Proclaim it. Speak with authority and watch the miraculous changes for the positive take place before your very eyes. I said, you will be so newly renewed in your faith, you're not going to have any idea what the heck hit you. But that is the power of God that's given to us. Embrace it. So, more to come on that, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you got to evict Satan out and invite God in your life, in your marriage. Very important. Very, very important. All right, let's say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another day of life and good health, and we pray for all those that are having conflict within their marriage and their families and their home or even with different things that they might be dealing with you know, personally, anxiety, depression, alcoholism, porn addiction, drug addiction, you name it. We pray that the Holy Spirit works through these people that truly want help and want to drop these vices. Father, we just ask for healing and, 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 and help for these individuals so we can restore the individual, restore the man and woman for the the righteous one that they truly want to be, following you and restoring the family. Father, we thank you so much for what you've done in our marriage, in our home. We glorify you. That's one of the reasons why 
I think his hardline exists so we can be a testimony to share the hell we went through and to share the glorious gift that you have given us because of the authority you've granted us. You are our Lord and Savior, our God, creator of all things, and we thank you and glorify you in all that you do and all that you are. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's all we have for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, if you're going to evict Satan, you also have to replace that eviction with a new tenant, and that new tenant needs to be God. And while you're at it, invite Jesus Christ to be in your heart. Very important. Remember, you need to remain firm. You need to remain steadfast. You need to remain uncompromising because we don't negotiate with evil, with tyrants. We don't negotiate with the enemy. We don't budge. We're not soft. Hold that line and be the light in the world for others while they're in a dark period in their life, like my buddy at work. Know who you are. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have a good night or day wherever you're at in the world, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll, we will be back here again on Saturday. God bless. And please say a prayer for me that we can get Pondbean to do lives and not give me a, a hassle. I really appreciate that. We'll, we will be back here on Saturday. Whether if that's going to be a live show or not is a whole different ballgame. But we're going to try. We'll see you then. Have a good rest of your week. God bless. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Star Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hisharline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, don't forget. 
Sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.